Well, <clears throat> hey there. I think you all know who I am. I'm Julie, and if you don't, I work here at the church. I've been working for the church for 13 years, and it is my um, privilege to be able to speak to you this morning during the Christmas season. Today is the first Sunday of December, and I know you know that it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere we look, downtown and all around, even though it's been warm like summertime here, it is still the Christmas season, and I know that you guys are excited about that. All of us are, are ready for that, getting, getting ready for that. I'm not quite ready yet in all aspects, but we're getting ready for that. But um, this in the Christian calendar is the time of year that is called Advent. And Advent means arrival or coming in Latin. It is the time when we are anticipating the arrival of Christ, it, the, the baby Jesus. Uh, back thousands of years ago, they were anticipating his first arrival, and we are anticipating the coming, the second arrival of Christ, right? So the season of Advent, Christians use the four Sundays before Christmas. So last Sunday was the first Sunday of Advent. This is the second Sunday of Advent or the time of preparation, the time of, it's uh, like a time of longing, waiting for, anticipating what is ahead of us, contemplating what's ahead, and thinking about the true meaning of Christmas, not just about gifts and about um, all the fun things that we get to do, which we love, um, being with the people that we love, exchanging gifts with ones that we love, but it's also about the arrival of God wrapped in the flesh of a baby coming to us, Emmanuel, God with us, the thing that was prophesied for thousands of years and then happened, and now we are the beneficiaries of that coming, right? Before we go any further, can we just pray together? Lord, um, I love you today. We love you, Lord. Thank you for coming to us, for becoming one of us, for walking among us, Lord. Thank you for loving us enough, loving us so much that you became human. We're thankful for that, and we want to not blur past this time of year with all of the busyness, but Lord, we want to pause and think about what we're celebrating and just celebrate you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you. And we're so thankful that your anointing just be here today. And, and Lord, would you just share your heart through me in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, thousands of years ago, before there was even a Bible, there was just the, the Old Testament. It wasn't even called the Old Testament. Old Testament means Old Covenant, and New Testament means New Covenant. Before there was an Old Testament, there were uh, handed down scriptures, right? The Torah, the law from Moses, and so on. And, and the prophecies that were handed down and passed down orally and, and written down and passed down. 
And there was hope for a Savior that would come, a deliverer that would come. And that was prophesied many, many times by prophets across the course of hundreds and thousands, hundreds of years, thousands of years. There were prophecies, right, of a coming Savior, a deliverer. And the the people, the Jewish people, the Israelites, they prepared for this. They prepared themselves for the arrival of a deliverer. They had expectations. And, and their expectations were actually far superseded when Jesus came, right? The Savior came. He far exceeded their expectations. But it wasn't what they expected. They didn't get what they expected, right? Sometimes we expect something. And the surprise is, surprise, it's not what, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. It wasn't what we thought it would look like. And how cool is it when it's way better than we thought, right? That's how they expected a Savior. Of course, they were expecting and hoping for a physical, uh, a powerful deliverer, right? A political deliverer. And that isn't what came. Something far better than that came. Right? Do you agree? Um, during the season of Advent, churches across the country um, are reading particular passages every week. And so I thought today, second Sunday of Advent, we would read together. Join them. Why not join them, right? And read the passages. Take a look at the passages that are being read across the country in churches all over the place as we observe Advent and then just talk about them just a little bit this morning. Does that sound okay to everybody? Um, the first passage, if you have your Bible or you want to look on your notes there um, in your email, the first passage is out of the Old Testament, and it is in Malachi. Uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And let's just take a look at that together. It's up on the screen, I think. It says, Behold, I send my messenger. And he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he's like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. All right, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament, and there were, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there were 400 years when there were no recorded prophecies. It's not that God stopped speaking to people for 400 years. It was like they called the time of silence or whatever. It's just that these were the only prophecies that were given and recorded okay so there were 400 years in between Malachi and the prophecies that we see in the book of Matthew um, this prophecy talks about a messenger coming to prepare the way of the Lord and this this is an echo of what is in um, Isaiah chapter 40 where Isaiah said that there would be a voice that cries in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord and Yesterday when I looked at that, it's, it actually says, A voice cries, colon, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. And I always read it, A voice cries in the wilderness, colon, 
prepare the way of the Lord. But do you see the difference there? Just, uh, it was interesting to me when I saw that. A voice cries, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Sometimes I'm there. <laughs> wilderness. That's when I need to prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare. Uh, and we know that this messenger is talking about many hundreds of years before is talking about John the Baptist. Because in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and he said this, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Okay, so we know he's referring to John the Baptist. And what's really amazing to me, what's really cool is that there was this 400-year silence from these prophecies to the next prophecy, which is in Matthew. I mean, uh, well, it's in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. But um, we're going to read it here in a minute. It's called Zechariah's Song. This is the second set of uh, scriptures, passages, and so these next three, we're reading four passages today. So Old Testament and then the next three are New Testament. So the next one in the New Testament is Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 79, uh, called Zechariah's Song. Zechariah is John the Baptist's dad. Okay, old man, wife Elizabeth, cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And if you remember the story, Mary and Elizabeth were both pregnant at the same time and both miraculously, right? Because Mary was a virgin, but Elizabeth was barren. She was getting on up there, had had no children. And when Zechariah went in to offer, make his offering, he was a priest who went in to make his offering. The angel spoke to him, told him that his wife Elizabeth was going to become pregnant and have a baby. And he was like, questioning it and so he became silent where he couldn't talk and then until John was born and Elizabeth said we're going to name him John and all the people said oh you should name him Zechariah because that's his daddy's name and Zechariah spoke up and said his name is John so he confirmed the word and Zechariah's prophecy here is what we're going to read Um, and, and it's cool that the there were 400 year gap between the prophecies and the the first prophecy in the new testament is of the savior that they had prophesied about coming isn't that cool nice way to start the prophecy so let's read this second passage together um, luke 1 zechariah was filled with the holy spirit and prophesied saying blessed be the lord god of israel for he has visited and redeemed his people And has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To show the mercy promised to our forefathers. And to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham. To grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, and he's 
talking about his son, John the Baptist. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. What an awesome prophecy. What an awesome promise that is. Um, this, as we know, the history of Israel was one of uh, slavery and disbursement and uh, exile. But they had a hope in a coming Savior. They had a hope in their God that would set them free and that they would have a kingdom that would last forever. And this is still the good news of Christmas, that the Savior did come, that our Deliverer came, that the one who wants to deliver you, the one who wants to deliver me, to show us his mercy, his tender mercy, to be, bring light to our darkness, to guide us into peace. He's come. He came on Christmas Day or whatever day that was a couple of thousand years ago. The night that he was born, he brought light to our darkness. He brought peace. He brought deliverance. Okay, so the third passage that we're going to read together is also in the New Testament. It's in the book of Philippians. So if you want to look there with us, Philippians chapter 1. Verses 3 through 11. And this is Paul. And it's a prayer that you're familiar with. And Paul said, I thank my God in all remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all. He's southern, you know. So in every prayer for y'all. Making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this. I'm sure of this. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It's right for me to feel this way about y'all because I hold y'all in my heart. For y'all are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So, Paul's prayer for his friends, for his fellow believers, and for you and for me is that we would live out the salvation that was prophesied, that was promised, the deliverance, the light in the darkness, the peace, the healing, the restoration that was prophesied that they waited for, long waited for, and it came. He came. Not just it came. But he came. He is the light. He is the deliverer. He is the salvation of the world. Right? And Paul's prayer is that we would walk in the fullness of that. It's here. 
walk in the fullness of it. Live it out. His desire is that we would be blameless and pure. Back to that first prophecy, the fuller soap. Fuller soap, it, it washes, it, it, it cleanses. It's like, uh, and, and the definition even said it makes it thicker. Like when you wash wool, and you know how when something gets dirty and matted down a rug or carpet, old shag carpet, it could get nasty and, and crunched down from oil and grease. When you wash it all and it's all fluffy and thick, that's us. That's what fuller soap does. That's what his life does. It gives new life. It cleans. It, it feels fresh. Doesn't it feel good to get, um, get a shower and feel all clean after you've been all grungy and dirty and sweaty? It feels good to, be, to feel clean and fresh. Jesus is the refiner. He's the purifier. He is the light and healing. We don't have to fear the cleansing of God, do we? It's something we should look forward to and embrace. Like, uh, you know, the little sheep that go past the shepherd and he runs his fingers through their wool and he takes out all the little cockaburs, whatever they're called, the little stickers, and he picks them out, the things that torment them, the things that make them itch and burn and get under their skin and make little sores. He, Jesus is that shepherd to us. He wants to cleanse and purify because he loves us, because those things give, bring us death, not life, right? He brings freedom. He brings relief. He repairs every brokenness in us. He restores. He heals. He makes us thicker, right, when he washes and cleans and purifies us. To, so to walk pure and blameless and be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. The Savior, the Deliverer has come, and that is good news, gospel. That is good news for all people. That's what the angel said when she came to the shepherd, or she or he or whoever they were, came to the shepherds and said, it's good news of great joy for all people. Good news, the Deliverer is here. He's come. He is here to set us free, to bring light to the darkness. The final uh, passage that's read, the fourth, uh, I mean, sorry, in the second Sunday of um, Advent, uh, is in Luke chapter 3, starting at verse 1. And it says this, In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, and Herod, being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene. Abilene's the only one I really know how to say for sure. <laughs> During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, that's John the Baptist, who was the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region and around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight. 
and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Isn't that good? That is some good news. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. All of the passages, all of these four groups of passages that we looked at this morning talk about preparing the way or being prepared. Even the prayer with Paul is purifying, preparing, being prepared. What does that even mean, to prepare the way? When we prepare the way, the crooked will be made straight. The rough places will become level. All flesh will see the salvation of God. And that's good news for us and for all mankind, all of humanity. You know, Advent, I told you a while ago, it means longing to contemplate. It means uh, coming or arrival, the arrival, the advent of Christ. And we are anticipating the day of Christmas. But like I said a few minutes ago, we're also anticipating his coming to the world. And even here, even now, he's here to anticipate him moving and doing something in your life, in my life. Do you, uh, do y'all remember that old Carly Simon song about anticipation? And they had the ketchup commercial. Anticipation is making me wait. And the ketchup just sat there in the bottle waiting for the good stuff to come. Everybody remember that song? If you're, if you're old, you remember it. Um, a thing about anticipation, to anticipate, wait for something, is whether you have nervous excitement in anticipation or whether you have horrifying dread, antis- like going to get a root canal. You're into, it's coming. The day is getting closer. Or... You know, for kids, Christmas is almost here. It's only this many more days and this many more hours, this many minutes. Or before something wonderful happens in your life or before something that you're just, you're dreading. Anticipation in, in both forms of anticipation have something in common. And the thing that they have in common is the surprise ending. Because, um... Like I told you before, sometimes we expect something and it's totally different than we expect. And that's what happened when Jesus came. He, he, it wasn't, I mean, a king in a manger. Not what anybody expected. Somebody hum, uh, that humbled himself, lived a life of humility didn't wear fine kingly clothes, didn't come with a sword. That's not what, that's not what they expected, right? But that's the, the king that came. That's the savior, the deliverer that came. Um, it's like even though we know it's coming, we know it's coming, we, we think we know what it's going to look like, and it doesn't. It catches us by surprise. Uh, there are a lot of people who actually dread Christmas, because uh, 
of having lost someone and it reminds them of times past together. Some people dread the fact that they're going to be in debt come January, big debt because they've way overspent. Or it's very difficult to try to find the perfect gift and then you stress out over that. Um, some people dread gaining holiday weight and having to do get it in the gym in January. There are a lot of things that people don't look forward to as they know Christmas is coming. And then on the flip side, there are there is excitement. We're looking forward to it. Can't wait to get together with our friends. Can't wait to spend time with our family, be with the kids or the grandkids or maybe family that you don't get to see very often. Um, have holiday parties and and eat all of that good food. I mean, the it's both sides, right, of the pancake. Um, in you know, some people also dread the coming of Jesus into their life because they fear the refiner's fire. They fear the maybe I don't measure up or. I'm ashamed of who I am, and it's okay as long as I'm not looking you in the face. I can cover it up and act like everything's okay. We should never fear the coming of Jesus into our lives. He, even the Old, even the old Testament says, it was because of God's tender mercies that he's going to send a deliverer. A deliverer means freedom. You know, like um, when somebody has been in prison, maybe they became incarcerated when they were a young person and were incarcerated for their entire life. Now they're an old person and they have served their time and they get out and don't know how to live free. And we've seen movies like that where they kind of dread the day they get out, actually, because all they know is this life of somebody telling me what to do and me having three squares in a cot. Freedom is better than bondage. Light is better than darkness. Healing and health is better than sickness. Right? We don't have to fear Jesus coming into our lives. We should anticipate it with anxious joy. We should look forward to it with every cell of our body, every ounce of excited energy like a kid ready for Christmas. We should be anticipating Jesus in every part of our lives, every part of our world, right? Last year was COVID Christmas, and it was really weird. <laughs> it was different. There weren't parties like normal. There weren't fellowship times and get-togethers and uh, all of those things. It was, it was a, a very different Christmas, and I think a lot of us are anticipating something new this year. Yay, whoo! feeling a little bit better about seeing our friends and our family and getting together. And so however you're feeling this year about Christmas, I want us to stop and reflect on one thing. Think about 
um, the hope, the anticipation, and the surprise of the very first Christmas that came. When we think about Jewish history and for centuries they had hoped for the, the liberator and uh, anticipated and hoped for, waited for, they prepared for it by faith. They prepared for this deliverer. He just didn't look like they expected. But they were preparing themselves the best they could. By faith, they believed that he was coming. They believed that he was coming. They knew a Savior was coming. They prepared themselves for it. Um, they were, even though they were prepared, they were still shocked. <laughs> Elizabeth. Okay, I'm going to have a baby. Mary, what a shock. You said, I'm what? I'm going to have, what's going to happen? Okay, she had been believing for a Savior her whole life. She was a young Jewish believer. Elizabeth, the same. Zechariah, the same. And yet, what? Joseph. Now, imagine the shock with him, too. They were, they were expecting a Savior to come, but when Okay, it's here, knocking on the door. They were shocked, right? They were waiting for it, yet they were surprised when it happened. So may each one of us anticipate it, prepare for it, and be surprised by it. Right? Anticipate it, wait for it, long for it, look for it, open our eyes, Watch for it, bear and prepare for it. Say that again. Open our eyes, watch for the signs, bear and prepare our hearts for it. Anticipate it, long for it, and let it surprise us when it gets here. The miracle is coming. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, may you 